The other day, I was scrolling through our YouTube channel, reviewing the content we created in 2023. And I was trying to imagine how would a new visitor in our channel, someone who would have his first contact with our ideas, what would he think of us? He would scroll through the channel and he would come across an episode called The Social Justice War on Science. So our new friend would think, oh, these people are criticizing social justice warriors, therefore they're probably conservatives. But then he would come across our episode deconstructing Matt Walsh's documentary, What is a Woman? Or he would come across this other episode where we have in the thumbnail the two poster boys of the new conservatism, Tucker Carlson and Steve Bannon, with the title Conservatives for Stagnation. And our friend would think, oh, wait a minute, then they're not conservatives? Then what are they? Then he scrolled further, he would find our episode debunking Robert Reich's attack on billionaires. So he would think, oh, now I get it, they are libertarians, right? But then he would see our episode Libertarians for Putin, or our episode Libertarianism, Big Tent or Big Mess, so our friend would be further perplexed. So he'd say, wait, so they're not libertarians? And finally, he would come across our robust defense of the rights of the state of Israel to exist. He would see us making the moral case for Israel. So our friend might think, moral case for Israel? Oh, I get it. These are probably religious people who think that God promised Israel to the Jews or something. But then he would watch our episodes and he would see that our moral defense on Israel is not based on religion. He would actually see, if you would get deeper into our ideas, that we're quite critical of the unhealthy role that religion plays in public life, but also in one's soul. So our new friend would soon realize that we are unique. And this is something objectively real, whether you agree with us or you disagree with us, the new idea live, the podcast of the Ayn Rand Institute, is unique simply because no one says the things we say. No one says the things we say. And in this last new idea live for 2023, with my colleague Elan Giurno, we will do a debrief report of 2023. Who we are, what we did, why we say the things we say, and who are we addressing? And also, what is our promise for 2024? So Elan, who are we and what is the one in the many in the things that we say? Great to be with you, Nikos. So we're coming to you from the Ayn Rand Institute and what unites the work that we do is a comprehensive worldview, a set of ideas, a set of principles that integrate, and they are a philosophy Ayn Rand called it the philosophy of objectivism. It's a philosophy in her term for living on earth. And most people don't think about philosophy. They don't know what it means. It's, it's vague, it's abstract. And part of what we try to do at the Ayn Rand Institute is help people understand what objectivism is and see its value in life. And we believe it has incredible value for understanding the world, understanding oneself and navigating through the world that we are living in, particularly with all the crises and complexity that exists. And that is the one that unites all these diverse positions that you described, or different positions that are uh, outside of conventional perspectives. Important here is that we're, you might think of us as contrarians, and, and in some ways, 
that's understandable, but we're not here to pick fights for the sake of picking fights or to be contrarian as part of our identity. Everything you've heard uh, from us and everything you can find on our channel is rooted in this worldview, this philosophy. So Nikos, what unites the work that we do is a unique and uniquely valuable philosophy, an idealistic, rational, reality-oriented philosophy, a philosophy for living on Earth, as Ayn Rand called it. Let me illustrate some of the, the positions that objectivism holds that help, help people understand how we reach the kind of analysis we do on these different cultural issues. So Nikos, we're atheists, as people will discover if they explore what we have on this channel, but we're primarily for reason. We're for an ideal, a value that is important to human life, is crucial to human life. It's the source of all knowledge, the source of all values, including moral values. And we are champions of science. And contrary to most champions of science today, we also believe in free will. We don't think it's supernatural. We think it's rooted in human nature and that is real. Free will is a fundamental in human life. Contrary to most people in society today, and this is a theme of a lot of our uh, commentary, we're staunch individualists. We're not tribalists. We do not seek to co cultivate any kind of tribe or following in that sense. We care about individuals making their own judgments by their own rational, independent thought. And at the same time, we're moralists. We take moral ideas profoundly seriously. That's shaping everything that we do. And here on what the content of our morality is, we're advocates of what Ayn Rand called and provocatively called the virtue of selfishness. And she has a book by that title. And this is in sharp contrast with other people who see themselves as moralist in today's society, both, both those who are religious and those who are secular, such as the effective altruist movement, who see themselves as pro-reason, pro-science, and concerned with morality. We are sharply contrasted with them because we're pro-reason and secular and moralistic committed to moral virtue, but the content of our morality is fundamentally different. And you mentioned earlier libertarians and how we differ from them. That difference is something Ayn Rand herself commented on during her lifetime and that we uphold because we regard ourselves as supporters of the right kind of government. Government is a necessary good when it's doing its job properly, which is limited to the protection of individual rights. So we care about freedom. And most people today will tell you they care about freedom, but they don't really know what freedom means. They don't know how to defend it. And that's something where we really distinguish ourselves. And then on a host of issues we can talk about, and I think it would be worth talking about some concrete examples, we really stand apart from everyone in the culture. Because what animates us, the, the key elements of what this philosophy tells us, it, it holds out as ideals, as values, is reason, individualism, and capitalism. Not merely a free market, but capitalism, unideal still today. So we are on the barricades for those ideals and in contrast with everyone else in today's society. That's what unites the commentary that we prevent, provide here on this channel. And you mentioned, Elan, that we are idealists. So let us explain what this means in a specific example. Why do we oppose the left? Because there are many people out there these days who oppose the left. But we, the reason we oppose it is because we have a different positive vision. We just don't just want to piece off the left, but then in defense of what? 
We want to oppose the left because we have a vision where we want people to, to flourish, people to be free. We want uh, cheap, for example, and plentiful energy, and that's why we oppose environmentalism, because we see it as an anti-humanist ideology. So why do we oppose the right? Because we envision individuals who are, free, who are free to flourish, free to create their own life, free to create their own identity, irrespective of where they are born, irrespective of their religion, irrespective of their tribal background. So what we do, whether we agree with someone or we disagree, is based on principles and is based on a positive vision. And this is, I think, what today is mostly needed because we find ourselves in this toxic culture wars where it looks like you have two different sides, but if you look under the surface, both sides agree on the fundamentals. And the fundamentals they agree is tribalism, that you are you live for the group. Now, whether this group is the white race, the black race, whether it is your uh, country, your religion, the working class, but you belong to your group, or whether these uh, things they agree is the lack of free will. They see human beings as these vulnerable victims where they have things happening to them by powers that they cannot control. It might be the patriarchy, it might be capitalism, or it might be uh, globalism or whatever new thing uh, they come up with or the World Economic Forum or God knows, God knows what. So at the end of the day, they, it might look like these tribes are at war with each other and they are at war with each other, but for the rational person who just wants to live a good life and to flourish in freedom, there is nothing to be gained from picking a side in this culture war. And this is where we are unique. We say there's another way, a way based on principles and a way based on a positive ideal, a positive vision, a new ideal, which is also our name. Yeah, and then we picked that name deliberately because we are upholding a set of new moral ideals. I want to build on what you said regarding tribalism and the culture wars. And as you characterize, I think really aptly, there are variations on the same kind of idea of collectivism. On, on Sometimes it's gender, race, identity. Sometimes it's national identity and ethnic identity on the right, so-called right. And as you said, it, when you peel away those details, ultimately there's more in common among them than people realize. So the, the, the war in effect is over small differences. And this is a, a hallmark of the approach that we take. We, our goal is to identify the fundamental drivers in society. And that's part of what Ayn Rand's philosophy teaches. It teaches one to think deeply about what's going on in the world and not settle for the superficial and the derivative as an explanation for what's happening. And on this point, on the issue of where we are in our culture, and you, you raised the trend of tribalism, we're in a descent to tribalism right now. And this is something that Ayn Rand herself wrote about. So she saw, she saw this coming decades ago. And this is a testament to the power of her principled perspective, her philosophic analysis. She understood the factors that were driving Western societies towards greater collectivism, and in particular forms that we're seeing today, both the race consciousness that's rising, the ethnic identity, and the national type identities that are arising. They're all the, uh, what she described at the time as the, the increase in balkanization, which was a, a phenomenon some people might remember. And her analysis, and this is part of what informs our work, 
her analysis is that it's a mistake to think of this as fundamentally a political issue, although it manifests as a culture war of the political issues in the way that's how we experience it. What's actually driving it is a philosophic collapse, cultural bankruptcy intellectually. And that is part of her unique analysis. And that's part of what we develop and build on as applying it to today's world. So when you think about the descent into tribalism, as you've written about it, I've talked about it and written about it. And the, the way we, tr we understand and the way we try to explain it is a lot of people are misled by the superficial uh, conflict at the culture war level. But the deeper threat, the deeper worry is this assault on the individual and the idea that he's helpless, as you put it, he's a puppet, he's in, he doesn't have his own free will, he or she. And that is rooted in an attack on the mind, reason, which is a cardinal value in the philosophy of objectives. And, it, and it's, it is the motor that has propelled human life forward in the last 300 years since the Industrial Revolution. It's the, it's the source of all value. And that's part of what we regard as, as something important to defend and uphold as a moral ideal, the idea of cultivating one's mind and rational capability. So to your point, what's going on in the culture are trends that are critical of each other and they're fighting over uh, some of these issues in a way that seems rabid and it is rabid. It's at a surface level, but deep down a lot unites them. And what's missing, and this is part of what I think is uh, goes to the uniqueness of the work that we do, we're offering a positive alternative, an antidote to tribalism, which is the ideal of individualism, which is grossly misunderstood, but that's part of our job, as I see it, to help people understand. So this is another dimension of our uniqueness, not just the kind of analysis which goes to fundamentals, not just the kind of uh, conclusions that we reach about what unites these different factions in terms of their common collectivism, but the alternative that we present as an ideal for people uh, to repair to, the wise kind of standard that people can seek and move forward and, and achieve better things in your life, which is ultimately the goal that philosophy gives you, is to drive and give you guidance to achieve that better world and a better life in particular for yourself. And here's another thing where we are unique alone. In some ways, we could say we have been prophetic and here's one example, the war in, on Israel. Before uh, the horrific attack by Hamas on the 7th of October, actually years before that, you wrote a book on the topic where you are actually saying that unless one deals with evil in the way that it has to be dealt with, which is through a moral prism, this evil will continue to do bad. Or months before the attacks, I gave a talk in Ocon talking about the left's long war on Israel. And there are other topics where, again, we've done some predictions, and I would say, unfortunately, we have been correct. And the reason we are correct is not that we have a crystal ball. The only crystal ball that there is out there is having crystal clear principles. And because we view the world and we view the trends in history through these principles, we can quote unquote predict results and predict particular outcomes. So for example, the principle says that, actually reality says that when you appease evil, when you pretend that, uh, the, that someone who is bad and someone who is good can meet in the middle, this will always be good for the evil. This is one of the famous uh, lines by 
Ayn Rand that there is there can be no compromise. In any compromise, the evil side wins. This is not just discussion for a philosophy forum. We saw this playing out in real life. So this is why it's an advantage. This is why it's a tool to be guided by clear principles, by reality-based principles, because it makes it easier to figure out what is happening and why it is happening. I 100% agree with you. I think the philosophy of objectivism, as I experience it in my life, as I experience it in my work, it's an incredible tool for understanding oneself, for understanding the world, and particularly these issues that you've described, foreign policy issues, I've written a lot about them. We can name many examples of how institute scholars and commentators have identified a pattern and said, these are the consequences of what will happen. And unfortunately, we've been proven right time and again. So this goes back to the assault on freedom of speech that began or that came to the fore in the 1980s with the fatwa on author Salman Rushdie, which is a big campaign for the Institute. 9-11, we invested considerable resources to analyze that issue and bring a unique perspective to it. And unfortunately, and this is a tragedy, we've been proven right in the analysis of what went wrong with 9-11, the misunderstanding that led to uh, failed wars and wars that are not really, uh, they were self-sacrificial wars. And the same is true, as you pointed out, with our analysis of Israel, which is related to that. I, I would summarize this issue in a way that I, I hope people will want to explore and understand more about, which is part of the analysis that we do is informed by Ayn Rand's view of what are the fundamental factors in a society that move it forward. And there's a lot, it's complicated, but the fundamental drivers that one has to pay attention to doing intellectual work, which is what our team is focused on, is to look at the ideas that are animating people. And that is a major failing in American foreign policy. We're not really taking seriously the ideas of those who are our enemies. And in, doing, in failing to do that, we hamstring ourselves and we make things much, much worse than they need to be. That's one aspect of it. The other aspect is that when one understands the power of ideas, whether for ill or for good in shaping human life, we can see that when good ideas dominate, good things happen to individuals, good things happen to society, it moves forward. We see progress in science moving forward and enriching human life. When evil ideas, and I think part of our analysis is that our society is dominated by irrational ideas that are destroying it, driving us down and destroying individual lives in particular. When you see that power of ideas, they're everywhere, they're inescapable, and they're fundamental. That's part of what Ayn Rand's philosophy helps you understand. Then you can be more influential towards advancing better ideas. And there are better ideas. What draws people to being concerned with morality is a good motive, which is that you need moral guidance. And we absolutely agree that one needs moral guidance. It's, it's inescapable. It's a necessary feature of human life that one needs moral guidance. It's important, and this is a part that is new for people that don't have any appreciation for, is that one needs the right moral ideas. And it's uh, part of what Ayn Rand offers is a new vision of what morality is. It's a, a new code of values to guide human thought and action towards success. And part of what we try to do is help people understand that radical new moral theory and how it contrasts with the conventional view that most people take to be 
synonymous with morality. They take a particular view of morality and assume that that exhausts the field. It does not. And Ayn Rand is an innovator here. And part of our vision is to use that framework to help people understand the world and understand their own lives. So Elan, since this is the last episode of the year, usually what happens is it's a time where we have our new year resolution. So here's my intellectual resolution for 2024. It's a year that promises to be full of uh, tribalism, full of uh, topics that will uh, polarize people. For example, it's, a, it's an election year for the United States. But for me, the most important thing is that I try to keep my intellectual integrity, which is I try to keep an independent judgment and try to judge things as they were based on how I view reality and trying to have an objective prism. This means that in one particular topic or another, I might even alienate uh, some of our viewers. But I think this is a sign that I respect our viewers and that I respect their intellectual independence. I respect that they are here to not to get a party line. They're not here just to listen to things they already know that they will agree with. And also I know that I'm here to learn because quite often, or maybe not so often, but it happens that even within us in the team, Elan might say something and I might be, oh, wait a minute, well, like, I, I didn't think of that. But then this gives me cause of, for thinking and as Ayn Rand would put it, if I'm wrong, then I still benefit because I'm like, oh, wait a minute, there's a different way of viewing these things. And then I become a better thinker. So the promise for 2024 is that we will try to be these intellectual mavericks because we are trying to address intellectual mavericks. This is how we view our audience as people who are independent and as people who are quite special and quite different for not just wanting to be pandered or not just wanting to get into a tribal line. So how does how is this for a resolution for 2024, Erlan? I love it. <laughs> I support you in doing that and I'll, I'll, I'll be with you along every step of the way. I would add one further point here, which is whenever I meet people uh, whenever I give talks, whenever I'm on radio, what I always am interested in are people who are active-minded, who wherever they're starting from, whatever assumptions or beliefs they currently have, they're active-minded. They're, they're interested in learning. They're curious. They're open to learning new data that will change their mind and be willing to question them. And one of the things I like about you, Nikos, is you changed your mind a lot over your career. I changed my mind a lot in my career and my whole upbringing is different from where I am today. And we're, we're speaking to people who are active-minded. We're, we're trying to connect with them. And if you're one of those people, we're glad to have you. We've had a massive increase in the viewership on this channel. We're delighted to have more people engaging with us. And what we hope is that you will be here to learn with us and to hear what we have to say. And, and we always are interested in your feedback. So it's uh, we're here to connect with you on these important issues. And as you said, this year coming is bound to be maybe high, even heightened from where we are today. In the last three months of my life, at least, commenting on the issues in the Middle East have been intense, and I'm sure things are going to continue to be intense. So there's a lot of issues where we want to talk about, we will be talking about uh, in the coming months and in the rest of the, uh, the coming years. We're excited to do that. 
I should say that everything that we do, all the commentary, all the writing, all the podcasts, all the educational programs that are in the background of the work that we do here at the Ayn Rand Institute, at the core of our mission is education. All of that is fueled by our donors. And I just want to take a moment to thank them. Some of them are watching, some of them are not. But if you are a donor, thank you for the support that you provide to advance the Institute's mission and to make this kind of content possible. If you are not a donor, please consider. If you find it valuable, we'd love to have your support. We welcome it. And we hope that you will be active-minded and engage with us in the coming year. And thanks, Nikos, for this conversation. I thought uh, we covered a lot of ground. Thank you. You've been listening to New Ideal, a podcast from the Ayn Rand Institute. If you like what you hear, leave us a review, share with a friend, and subscribe to our other podcasts. This podcast was made possible by donors to the Ayn Rand Institute. Help support this podcast by becoming an ARI member. Go to aynrand.org forward slash membership.